Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios. We are part of the Believe in Buzz radio networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. All live shows are brought to you by Ozark Brewing Company, or Arkansas Brewing Company, in downtown Ozark as well as Bet Online, which remains the number one spot for all sports in 2023. From the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your sports, don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV to save 50% on your first um, bet. Bet online where the game starts. And I am your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Adam Hall. Um, it, it's the start of SEC media days. I know everybody gets up, down. To me, <laughs> I compare SEC media days to Shark Week. It's like this big theatrical thing, but then in the end, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Like, it's exciting. A lot of people buy into it. That's just my opinion on it. Uh, what's your, what is your take on, you know, the grand scheme of SEC media days? I think a lot of it, everybody's looking for who's going to say what. You know, that most coaches are going to come out. I mean, they're going to talk about, the pros and the cons, who's returning, who's not. Um, you're going to get your coaches complimenting each other. You might wait for the jab from another coach to another coach about maybe some off-field issues going on or whatever, but you're always just looking for the quotes from a lot of it. And we're going to be without some with not having Michael Leach there this season. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a change, but, you know, it's always – fun just to listen in. I think it gives the uh, players a lot of opportunity to actually be in front of a different type of media than their homegrown media that they're accustomed to. And, and I'm going to pose this question tomorrow and you can, you can pose it. We want to welcome in uh, our, our fans over at hog sports, Facebook group for being able to tune in tonight. Um, you know, I would pose the question, if you could give one coach truth serum and, and when they're on the podium for that, 30 minutes or however long, and they had to be honest about every question, who would you give it to? At this point, I would think Lane Kiffin. <laughs> that was good. No lie, that was going to be my I thing. mean, just yeah. to see, you know, no BS, no nothing. Let's just hear it out. How? What do you think? Um, what you do, whatever the case may be. I mean, you can ask Nick Saban. I'd I'd, I'd go with Lane Kiffin just to see what's actually going on in that dude's head. Yeah, and, and for me, just to change it up, I was going to say the exact same thing, but to give a different answer, I would like to hear Jimbo. You know, <laughs> he's the one that always talks his way around things and just promises. I would love just to hear what he honestly thinks about Saban, what he honestly thinks about his team and, and other coaches in – I just think them too would be the most interesting if you gave them the truth serum, uh, you know, so our fans listening, you know, we're, we're going to pose that question. So be thinking about, you know, 
who, if you could give the truth serum to, which coach would you, you know, give it to? And, and to the players, too. I think, mm-hmm. you know, these these players are they're PR'd up, you know, on what to say and what to expect. And Oh, and we've seen it. We've seen it firsthand with uh, Miss Muss, you know, teaching all the, the players how to speak to media, teaching those classes. And then flip side, you have um, Alabama that doesn't really allow their players to speak to media that much. So. I, I think it's good. I, I think it's good for the grand scheme of, you know, these are kids. And, mm-hmm. and I know they represent the school, but this is a brand. It's a business. And I think the because the emotions. I mean, if you go and ask a coach after a game, he's a professional. That's his job. He's been through the ringer many a times. He knows to handle those situations. But if you go put that mic in front of an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid after a big loss or and really bear down on them, you know, mm-hmm. they're probably going to slip and say some things emotional that could get, and in, especially in today's world, get held against them so bad. Oh, yeah. Because when I mean, even look back at the not-so-recent past anymore, but, you know, the, the Tebow quote after the loss to whoever it was years ago that they've enshrined on their stadium, I mean, that was pure emotion. But a lot of these guys, they keep them away from the media after a loss. Or they put the guy that can be out there and can maybe control or hold back, if you will, so you don't necessarily see what's really going on in their head. Yeah, and Brian says, what about Brian Kelly? I, I would love to ask him about the, you know, all them sanctions going on down there. You think between LSU and Tennessee, and that that's another topic we can bring up, is you see all this smoke around – Tennessee and LSU, and we're going to do this, and we're going to show cause a guy that hasn't been a coach at Tennessee in how long? You know, mm-hmm. the guy has been at Alabama underneath, you know, Saban in his rehab program. I mean, what does it really do? And I know you really can't, in all fairness, you can't punish. I don't think you should punish the school six, seven years later down the road or something the guy did that has nothing to do with the program. I think they need to tighten it up and do things quicker, Hmm. hold these schools accountable quicker opposed to, you know, look at Will Wade. I mean, how many years ago was the wiretap thing? And now he's just now got found out and, and punished and wasn't the coach last year at LSU. I think they need to quicken that up, but you look at these slaps on the wrist and then you got LSU people, hollering at the Tennessee people. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at each other and mm-hmm. the tampering. And if in the day of NIL and all this stuff, and then you still get caught tampering, I mean, that's got to be pretty bad if you're still getting in trouble when there's really no rules to follow and they're still finding out that you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, and uh, like with the tampering thing, I mean, how – if to me, it's a lot harder to deal with in – college than say the professional league um yeah these guys are friends whatever but who's to say that your coach isn't getting the quarterback or the cornerback or whoever it is to text their buddy that they played ball with somewhere else uh, that's now in the transfer portal or thinking about the transfer portal i mean you know that's going on everywhere well and fans i mean you you can have this person that's not connected to the university booster or a fan hey you know we don't even know what kind of dms that go through 
these kids is, you know, social media is when it comes to who's talking to them. And that, I think that's the biggest part of it is it's so hard to prove that these teams. And so every fan base who gets caught, they're like, well, I mean, Hey, we didn't know nothing or, or, you know, they're doing it too. You know, it's just, that is the way the world is. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, what I'm trying to say is I don't know how, you know, Arkansas is going to have to start coming up with some more NIL money, but when, when do you start looking at the other side and like, Hmm. Well, and oh. that's, that's something I've wondered too, because, you know, I think it was on three had, they're pretty heavy on putting out their evaluations for the NIL and Arkansas's at number eight in their evaluations with NIL money. And you look at some of the schools on that list and you're kind of like, where are these top schools that are getting all these players? Where's that money coming from? Is it not reported as underneath the table? Cause something's going on in some places. Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's again, it's like, with taxes and politicians and stuff. They're like, hey, we're reporting this amount, but we don't know how much is under the table. You know, mm-hmm. it, but it, it does almost give Arkansas a bad look when they are saying, hey, we handed out a million dollars for all of our student athletes. And I'm like, there is people getting that alone. Yes. I mean, there's people getting six-figure contracts alone. I mean, there was two girls that went to Miami. Mm-hmm. They were hardly – anything and they they blew up and did had some success when it comes to getting Miami to the sweet 16 or I think it was the lead eight one that they made it to I can't remember how far Miami made it but still yet yeah, they go to Miami for the sole reason to boost their their, their social media up and get more NIL money mm-hmm. and when well, I think the uh there's a LSU gymnast yes. that I think hers was closing in on six and a half million mm-hmm. And that is just insane. And then um, the LSU guard, Angel, after they just won uh, the national title, she flat out said that she was not ready to go to the WNBA because she was making more than the majority of the girls in the locker room. And it's true. I mean, you look at, you know, the girls that go to the WNBA, they have to go overseas and Mm -hmm. play. They always have to have a second job. And I think – I seen a tweet that said that the Denver Nuggets mascot makes more than the highest paid WNBA player. And you know what? But on that aspect of it, I believe the WNBA on it. They do not know how to market that league. They do not know how to, I mean, they're, they need to make more teams, more roster spots because you're cutting people that just got drafted and they're all Americans and, 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 college and they go to the WBA and they're like, well, we waived so-and-so mm-hmm. and you're not making it to where the there's growth. And then there's no G league for the W the NBA. You have to go overseas and play. And again, to the girl, um, Oh, Oh goodness gracious. The girl's name from LSU, the gymnast Angel like, Reese or no Kate or Dunn is her last name, but they don't have anything professional either. You know, you, <clears throat> you've got the guys side men's side that NFL, and Major League Baseball, hundreds of millions of dollars that they get to make over a lot, 10, 20 years. You look at the average income that NFL players make over an average of 5, 10, 15 years. This girl can close in on $6 million. Her deal could come up next year, and who's going to be talking about her next year? Mm-hmm. You never know. That's just how, you know, so the risk over reward is get your money while you can because next year it's not promised because – 
two, three years from now, we're not going to remember who she was. Exactly. And she's going to be able to live comfortably off that time. So I don't have a problem with the cap when it comes to college athletes, because not everybody's going pro and the more and more money that the colleges are making, uh, why not? You know, I just want the damn NCAA football game. I, I want the game, you know? And that, yeah. And me and somebody were talking about that the other day, because there apparently may be another holdup on the players only getting $500 um, per player for the game. And it, 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 I go back to back before the game got banned or shut down, canceled, whatever, before NILs. I mean, that was all to do with lawsuits and yes, payers weren't in play, but there, there were ways to get download the rosters so you could have the names on it, yep. whatever the case may be. I mean, I do think that the players deserve more than $500 per, but at the same time, I also think it's something that, is just awesome to be able to be a part of, to be able to be on a video game. Well, and, and here's the thing. This is where I'll say that they deserve more than $500 because I guarantee they're going to put $100 on this thing or they're going to put $80 on this game. Oh, yeah. And it will – I mean, I remember every year when the NCAA football game come out at midnight, I was at GameStop. You know I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was one of them games where – I was there at midnight to get the release and now everything's digital. You get the card and you download it to your game system. So you really don't even have to go to GameStop and do that anymore. You can go to Walmart and get it or or pre-order it, you know, but no, I I think they deserve, but then you're going to run into, well, this guy gets this and that. I think if your name's on it, your name's on it and you get paid a flat amount to be on this game. But I, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they, should be greedy about it. I think they should raise it up, but I mean, you got to think there's still, it's a, still a business. If you're thinking there's 119 schools and then 80 something guys on each, mm-hmm. roster, you're, you're going to have to give them, I mean, more, but it can't be much. I mean, I would say a thousand and then you got to cap it because you're not going to make any money off the game. If you give every stinking player on there, mm-hmm. you give the star quarterback this, I mean, that's where, you know, if you're that popular, you're going to make more money on other business ventures. You're going to make more money in other ways. Now, I think the cover athlete should yeah. be, I think they, that should be something like the Heisman winner gets the, the cover yeah. cover or something like that. I think or incentive, you know, hey, this guy wins the award for this or he's voted this and then he gets a, you know, a, a cut for being on the cover. I don't think there will be like beef between players on who got paid more with a game because they would already have to be dealing with that by the NIL. This person's getting paid more than this person. Your linemen aren't getting paid what a quarterback's going to get paid NIL wise. So that's already going on in the locker room if it's even going on. But you know that a lot of these players too probably take care to an extent their close friends or their close friends on the team or quarterbacks taking care of his offensive line with oh. some of his NIL, NIL money. And you, you know, hey, you don't block for me. Yeah. Hey, AJ, you don't block for me. <laughs> you, exactly. You're going to take me to rights after the game. You know, it's things like Oh, that. yeah. But before we move on, we need to talk about the sponsor, Blue Chew. And let's talk about sex, guys. Remember the days when you're able to ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis and Levitra. 
but in a chewable tablet form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Bluetooth tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Does it work or do you think you even need it? Try it for a month and then see, but we think you're going to love it. Blue Chew wants to help you out and discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. You try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BUCKET, B-U-C-K-E-T, at the checkout and just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code bucket to receive your first month's free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Bluechew for sponsoring the podcast. And now we also transition into, you know, back to the SEC media days. And I know, KJ, you know, you want your star quarterback to be there. But what do you think, again, when we go to this, like, truth serum, you know, and asking a player, you know, what would you want to know? Would you want to know, you know, the style of offense? What what you're most excited, looking forward to this season? You know, what if you could have one game that from last year that you're looking that you really want? What what type of angle would you go towards if you were able to ask these players just any kind of question you want? I think with KJ, kind of what his motivation for this season coming back was and if that's changed and going into the season what's different um right now going into the season than before with having you know dan enos versus bryles um i kind of want to know what games he has circled on the roster on the schedule um personally i think that you know losing 52 to 51 to Ole miss probably left a little bit bad taste in his mouth um, so I think there's a few of those games I just want him to single out on. And I want to know flat out what his concerns are, whether it be the scheme or particular groups. I mean, he's basically got new wide receiver core too. So I just kind of want to know where his head out and how is he going to um, get those guys all on the same page or has he already done so? That, that's where I was leading towards too, because look, KJ's coming back for one reason. He wants to win at Arkansas, and we talked about it last week about him possibly going out as the greatest quarterback to ever play at Arkansas. I think that's a, a thing that he might not admittedly say. You know, it's all about the team. We, you know, the coach speak and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know. You know, where's your confidence at in the guys that you're throwing to? Because we know if he's going to make it to the league, everybody knows how well he can run and and the read option. But that's the biggest concern if you're looking at the NFL, his stock, mm-hmm. his throwing ability, his accuracy. So, if, again, if he doesn't have those guys that he can throw to or have the confidence, that's going to affect the accuracy because you're going to force a lot of things because you don't know exactly where to put the ball because if you trust that guy, you know, all right, I'm going to put it over here on this hash. My guy's going to be there. It's going to mm-hmm. make it a lot easier. So that would be – and, again, blocking. You know, hey, do you – do you feel confident in your your blockers, the O-line, the tight ends? Do you have a tight end that can block, you know, for you this season? Because we've seen Trey Knox and just and just had so much trouble. I think he could have been an NFL prospect if he could have been able to block and then, of course, you know, caught more passes. Oh, yeah. I think blocking is definitely – from the tight end position is definitely going to be something to watch for. Um, I think that with 
Enos and Morgan, I think we might see some more two, even three touchdowns or uh, tight end sets. Not often, but you might see it some, especially with as many tight ends as that we've brought in. Um, and then, you know, receiving core wise, we've got the top, one of the tallest, if not the tallest receiving core in the country. So, you know, there's going to be guys that can go up and get it, but who do you have those guys that can run over to the middle and hold on to the ball? Yeah. And I'm hoping Tesla's one of those because he's got the hands, but he also has the quickness. Yeah. And, and with today's rules, I mean, I think the wide receivers should be more confident because they know a guy can't launch at them. They know mm-hmm. that a guy really can't just come in there and, and headhunt you anymore like they used to. But you got to see Mike's predictions for before SEC media days. And he's got Arkansas at fifth, which I can see why, you know, you got Arkansas finishing fifth in the West, but but you're behind Ole Miss. But like you said beforehand, the, the, the head scratchers Alabama at three. And do you think that SEC Mike just has that much? Because we got to bring it up. Do you think it mm-hmm. has that much confidence in what Bobby Petrino and and J- Jimbo is going to do in year one together at Texas A&M? Or do you think that's just how much he thinks Alabama's fallen off? I think that's how much he thinks Alabama's fallen off after listening to him and his explanation. I mean, the quarterback position is a question mark. Um, I think he said that none of the coordinators or even position coaches are ranked the best across the board. None of them are. Mm. He doesn't have one guy like he has in the past that that position, they have the best coach in the country. And so I think that was his big concern with that. So I think that's, made him dog Alabama a little bit. So will Nick Saban play this underdog role this season? Or how long will it take for the underdog role to wear off that Alabama's just back up where they normally are? I don't trust A&M at the two. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's going to be issues that are – we may see it coming. I don't know if Texas A&M, the team or fans do, but – when it comes down to crunch time play calling, will Jimbo let Bobby Petrino call the plays? I think his seat is so hot. I think that's the reason why he brought Bobby Petrino in. Mm-hmm. His seat's getting hot. And yeah. It's almost like a Sam Pittman kind of deal. If Kendall Browse would have kept on doing the things he was doing and then they were starting to go on a lower trajectory, and we talked about last week of how important this year is for Arkansas. This is an even more important year for Texas A&M because it's put up or shut up. Like when he got hired, they they had a plaque on his desk that said national championship with no date on it. Mm-hmm. You know, they expected Jimbo to come to Texas A&M and with all the recruiting and, you know, flat out saying before NIL, Hey, these boosters are paying you to play, you know, coming out and saying that and being very bold and getting these top recruits recruiting classes this is going to be a year that you have to take advantage of Alabama being down. I mean, we talk about the, the Shula days and Arkansas having to, you know, beat them with Shula, you know, or mm-hmm. the other coach that was um, Mike there, Price. Mike Price, you know, those mm-hmm. you've got to take advantage. And again, they don't have the talent like they used to have, but still, they still can field a team that can still win the West. I mean, they're still loaded with five-star talent across the board. Uh, so it's one of those, I, I'm not going to rule out Alabama by any means. Um, you know, having Arkansas at that five spot, you can still be at that five spot with going eight and four Yeah, in that division. So, 
you know, it's one of those you look at it, if you just look at it right like that right there, yeah, it says number five. But if you actually break it down, eight and four is pretty good in the SEC. I hate to say it, but, you know, and that's something that I think that would keep Pittman off the hot seat. Well, and when you look at the schedule again, I mean, just because they have you pitted behind, and I think that's where the, the biggest misconception and the biggest disservice is when they come to these these polls is. SEC Mike is not necessarily saying Ole Miss is better than Arkansas. Mm -hmm. He's saying they're going to finish higher in the SEC than Arkansas. Arkansas could beat Ole Miss, but we go to that four-game stretch. Oh, yeah. Arkansas has to play away, away, away. They lose all four of those games. Yeah, it's going to be hard to finish in a top three and four in the West. And see, that's I've got – AM and Ole Miss being swing game for us. Um, even, you know, the neutral side of Dallas, it's a road game, call it like it is. And then at Ole Miss with the concerns going on with AM and their program. And then Ole Miss, I mean, let's see how good if Dart is going to continue to be as good of a quarterback as he's shown glimpses of and as he was last season. Um, I kind of look at those, those are going to be two games that decide if we go seven and five or potentially up to a nine and three. Yeah. And we're looking at it right now, you know, that L at LSU, Texas A&M at OLS at Alabama. And then, you know, we're talking about the Mississippi state game is at home, but man, how beat up are you going to be? How, you know, we're talking about depth, you know, this, this schedule right here is going to be, very, very tough. And I know this has been talked about and beat with the dead horse about this four-game stretch that Arkansas has to go through, but it's the reality we live in. We don't know how deep mm -hmm. the team is. We don't know the, the defense. We don't know, you know, the, the receivers. I mean, you know, granted, one thing about your offense is you've got KJ, you've got your running backs, and you've got a good offensive line. Mm -hmm. How much pressure are they going to be able to have? Now, how much pressure are they going to have after all of this? You know, and then again, you're talking about his Brian's question when it comes to AM recruiting and Bobby. Look what Bobby did at Missouri State. Mm -hmm. What is he? And I'm not saying he can technically do it this year with the talent. Again, this if if you're gonna get Texas AM, you better do it this year. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I mean obviously AM's always been a difficult game for Arkansas. Now you're adding Petrino into the mix. So it's going to be, you know, Petrino, as much love as he still has for the program in the state, he still has a job to do. He still is going to come out slinging and trying to put it on us, trying to whatever it may be. Um, but then that, that Mississippi State game could end up being a big factor in how the season ends up. Um, I mean, I know that their coach had the majority of last season, but, you know, he's brought in basically all new recruiters or all new coordinators. Um, so, I mean, they know they have their quarterback and Will Rogers, but does he have the cast around him? Do they have the coaches or did they kind of settle on the coach that can keep the team, the players together after Mike Leach's passing? You have to win that game. You have to, you, and this is this is. There's no lie. I mean, of course, you're going to have to win all four. This is how important this year is when it comes to the schedule. Looking at the schedule, 
and moving forward as a program. And I hate to say it, but, you know, you have some tough must-win games. You either have to win the AM game or the Missouri game. You have to win the Mississippi State game. So now that forces you. Are you going to beat Auburn? Are you going to beat Ole Miss? I mean, there's games where you have to beat one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think you have to win three or four SEC games before – because that I mean that gives you four wins. So what four SEC games are you – and that is the crazy thing about this is we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're, we're talking about you have to go 500 in this league. And the toughest that just that's something that just jumped out at to me. You have to go 500 in this league to have an eight win season. And if that would, in the most important year, so what four games are they going to win? And and some game and against teams, I mean, like the Florida game, I think that's a game they have to win. And that is one of the games that they have not ever won in Gainesville. Yeah, that's one that I actually have on mine is a loss, um, even coming off the bye week. Um, Florida's kind of got a chip on their shoulder. I'm not saying that Napier's got them on the up and up, but uh, for some reason that game just feels bad to me, especially after coming off, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, five straight. SEC games bye week and then at Florida, I just think we're going to be beat up even with the bye week. Yeah. And what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and we'll continue breaking down this schedule, especially I want to really deep dive into that stretch between the Alabama, Mississippi State, and the bye week in Florida. But we will be right back after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Benner's Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials be sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing the leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law office of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. 
Searching for premium brewing products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And deep diving into that, we'll go back to this comment by Matt Hart. He says, Auburn scares me, freeze beat us with liberty. Uh, again, you know, when you're going into first-year coaches, um, again, like with, with Petrino, I think it's going to take a year. I, I think, yes, it does scare because, again, Auburn, Florida, Missouri, A&M, uh, those teams right there, Arkansas just struggles against. It just seems like no matter what, the team just has the upper hand and, and they just – struggle to beat them and they beat them every now and then, but there's, there's only a few teams that Arkansas can consistently beat. And that's got to change. You know, if we're talking about, you know, where this program needs, you're going to have to beat teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi state, Missouri. You're going to have to beat those three continuously, you know, I mean, more so than not before you start really climbing up in, in the sec pecking order, because if not, you're still going to be picked to finish fifth and sixth and, you know, in, in the SEC West. We're not talking about SEC as a whole. You're getting picked fifth to win in your division. Well, and I think, too, I mean, last season, Liberty, the schedule they had was a joke. Let's be real. It was. Um, yes, Liberty beat us. They beat the majority of the teams they played soundly. So, you know, Auburn's kind of in that same boat as – they're going to have a difficult SEC season leading up to us, just like we are them. Maybe not as difficult, but, you know, we both have a gauntlet, if you will. So I kind of agree with you that, you know, he's first-year coach. There's going to be some growing pains with it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, th- this goes to – I wouldn't say excuses, but, it, I mean, not sugarcoating. It, it kind of has been. Well, we got a first-year coach. Well, we we lost this guy. We had injuries. Another thing is we can't have a first-year coach or a first-year coordinator beating you up. We can't have Texas A&M just run you off the field because they got Bobby Petrino now. And we can't have a first-year coach and Hugh Freeze come in. And when you're depending on those wins because you see that four-game stretch, you're talking about the Mississippi State game – can be that swing game that that to me that's a must win and then you got the florida game but that auburn game is important too i think that's a must win and it, it, it's what coming down to the point to where <laughs> and it comes from a, a south carolina player last year i think this year you're gonna have to drop your nuts and play absolutely i, I think this is gonna be the year where i right, stop bsing Stop footing around. I think this is the year of no excuses. You're saying you have a better team. You're saying, you know, you've got this brand new. All right, we, we think Odom and Browse was the problem. We brought these fresh guys in. KJ's back. 
we got these guys we can throw to go win games. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think this what? will either – you know, the, the, a lot of the loud talk came from – Obviously, the dissatisfied fan base, whether it was play calling, whether it was poor defense, whatever the case may be, you know, we, okay, those coordinators that were getting so many complaints are now gone. So bring in new coordinators. If we had the same results, who do we point fingers at then? And so, kind of like what you're saying, the excuses have to stop. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when it, you have to hold your team your coaches, especially the players, everybody has to be held accountable. Yeah. And because the league's not getting any easier. Mm -hmm. You don't know. And I don't know how this new format's going to go. I know that for sure you got to play OU and Texas, OU or Texas every year. But we don't know who the new lineup's going to be every year. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be like a little Russian roulette kind of thing where they spin a wheel. All right, that's their their opponents. Are they going to put this thing – I mean – we don't know how they're going to pick their opponents moving forward. So you better shape up because if they, even if with an eight game and there's a lot of people still saying they're wanting to go to this nine game SEC season. So mm-hmm. if they go to a nine game SEC season, you better be in line because nine SEC games, it don't matter who you play. If you're in the middle of the pack, you don't, there, there's no easy games. No, you'd especially like to see, you know, some of those games, honestly, like Mizzou, um, even Mississippi State, like you are saying, you'd like to see games like that where you can get in Criswell, where you can get in your potential players, starters for after KJ leaves. Yeah. If Rocket's going to leave, you know, getting Green and Dominion, whoever, the ball more, to see who can step up in games that aren't just – Florida International or Kent State or whoever, um, you, you know, let's see these guys against some of these SEC teams, but you have to give them the opportunity by not having a close game or being hunt ball. Yeah, and I think, say, like, let's just speculate, you know, let's mm-hmm. play, you know, hypothetical ball here. You get got the Western Carolina game. First game, I don't think you mess around with, with – getting any of your subs in unless you're Mm -hmm. up 50 to nothing. Agreed. If now the next week with Kent state, you start rolling and you're starting and and you're pulling away and you're up 30. I think then you almost do it like a, um, what I say load management kind of deal. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you, you tighten the leash up a little bit on, on the length of KJ, but that first game, no matter what you win 70 to nothing. I mean, that fourth quarter, that's when they should go in, you know? Yeah. You need to get the rhythm between because that's your first game game. And then I would even say three quarters or so, depending on the score. Hopefully, we're blowing these teams out. And that's what we expect if you're playing teams like Western Carolina and you're playing teams like Kent State. BYU game, that that's where, all right, you know, or what I was meaning is preseason NFL. That's that's what yeah. I was trying to think of when it comes to your, your starters and your, your subs. But, yes – then you need to start worrying about team, your, your your legs and your depth, and that's mm-hmm. where that comes in. I think that's where this – that's another reason why this schedule that you're looking at is so brutal is because there's no rest. There's no games where you can get that second string in because these are all going to be – you know, unless you're getting blown out of the water by LSU, then you reverse mm-hmm. it. Get you, But you're going to have to – I think – 
that's the part of it. Like the LSU game, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a close game, but it has the chances of going either close or completely blown out. And you got to wave the white flag when it comes to that point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it, it's too risky. It's too important of a year. And I know that I mean people's going to be like, oh, you never want to give up. Okay, well, you're down 30 and KJ gets hammered by a second, third string linebacker. Now you don't have KJ for Texas AM at Ole Miss and at Alabama. And then you're trying to do the same thing or you, you're Rocket Sanders. I mean, we're not even talking about him getting injured. I mean, you've got a guy like Rocket Sanders. I know you've got a, a stable of running backs, but you're relying on Rocket Sanders just as much as you are KJ. And we saw what happened last season. We were without KJ for two to three games. And in the middle of that schedule, you cannot do that. No. no. Especially with having to have Criswell or somebody who's new to the program come in and be that guy all of a sudden in the middle of the SEC. No, you can't. You've got to protect your players. And I don't know how much, and I, I don't know how, let me look and see if I can look it up real quick and, and see where he, um, how much time he played, but I don't know how much time Criswell played at North Carolina. He I mean, didn't play much. I mean, it was – I would I think he threw less than 10 passes. You know, that's another thing we're looking at. You know, who, who's going to be the number two guy and how much – you know, how much, you know, seasoning per se or how many mm-hmm. reps have they had. Who are you going to – Come in and try to say, yeah, you Criswell, he went to North Carolina, but I mean, you got to have a guy come in. You don't want no Tyler Wilson kind of deal where you got a guy come in just blind as a bat and trying to come in and and play against uh, an Alabama or an Ole Miss. You know, mm-hmm. he, he appeared in four games, leading two of six passes for nine yards, rushed four times for thirty nine yards. So he made a season debut against Florida A&M on August 27th and then was one of four against Virginia Tech on October 1st. And he completed his only pass attempt for five yards. And this was in these – so he didn't even complete a pass until the ACC championship game. And which now granted, I mean, North Carolina had a Heisman hopeful at quarterback yeah. – so I'll give them that, but at the same time, they were he oh, just no. yeah. This Criswell just never about, got on the field. Oh yeah, and this this had and yeah. Let me let me clarify. This is not a knock on him whatsoever. Yeah. I'm talking about the experience. Mm-hmm. He he didn't complete a pass until the the ACC championship game. So I'm talking about experience only. So yeah, don't take that as I'm knocking. Well, he didn't do this or that because that that's not what I'm getting at. We're talking about if KJ goes out, at least we had Hornsby that could come in and give you some speed or something. You know, yeah, he couldn't throw, hit the broad side of the barn, but we know he could at least get a first down running with his legs or try to. We don't know what we're getting with the drop off this year. Sure. And I think that's a going to be a big question mark is the happen chance that somebody has to come in. Who's it going to be? And, Brian, Arkansas is putting together impressive recruiting class for 24. How much do you think performance this year plays in keeping those recruits? Huge. I mean, mm-hmm. huge because we're dealing with NIL. We're dealing with – but it's almost like – look look at uh, a Catalan. I mean, he's at Texas now, you know. 
it's almost like, is this going to be an SEC farm league? Is, is teams, you're going to come to Arkansas, do really well, and then start leaving. We don't know. We don't know where, where the money's at. We don't know where the kids are heads at. If they're not playing, what they think, are they going to leave? I mean, there's so many variants when it comes to why a kid goes elsewhere that I don't really know how to answer the question definitively because – we don't know why they're leaving, coming, going. So, um, I think uh, your season always is going to hurt or help your the recruiting class that you've already begun. Um, so, you know, 2024, I, I'm one of those that until the player signs on the dotted line and nowadays until the player gets here, you know, I don't necessarily count them as full-on, full-fledged Razorback yet until they they put the pads on. The uniform, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those that I, I expect that here and there we may lose commitments because it's just how it is these days. Somebody's going to be in their ear. Something's going to happen. Um, hopefully, you know, there's no coordinator changes because that's, I think, a big key to the recruiting class that we currently have. I mean, we've seen what um, our two new defensive coaches have done in the recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. So it, it's if there's no glaring holes and animosity with coaches, uh, you know, I think that'll help with keeping what we have with the uh, 24 class. Yeah. And also, we're looking at the thing, and this is the thing that scares me most about when it comes to where we're at in this era. You get a freshman that comes in that's highly touted. And, and one, he just needs more time to develop. This is not like basketball where you got three guys, Nick Smith, you know, Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black, that end up killing it and then going pro out of, right out of, you know, their freshman year, okay? This is football where sometimes, you know, you're, you're playing against grown men in a grown man's sport and a very physical sport. What scares me is you got the kid that comes in, he's a freshman, he's highly touted, and he just needs that one more year in the same system. And you got, like you said, with the people in their ear. And if they just stay the course and just wait it out, you don't know what might happen for the guy above you. You don't know if he might leave. So you're, but that person leaves, that freshman gets talked into, well, see, they're not playing you as much. And, you know, that coach is a bum. And, you know, we hear, you know, it happens everywhere. You know, you got the people in there, he should be playing you more fans especially, and we're, this is something, too, that we haven't talked about when it comes to these in-state kids. Oh, that's an in-state kid. Why ain't he playing more? He, that, he's got Arkansas in his, in his heart, and sometimes they just don't pan out or they need an extra year to mm -hmm. develop into the SEC, and then the negative, and it grows, and it's like a, a wildfire, you know, and then all of a sudden you're leaving. So, Well, that's something I think no. – can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but look at Texas this coming season with uh, Manning coming in as a freshman. I mean, he looked atrocious in their spring game. So there's no doubt in my mind he has no business being the starter. No. But is he going to stick around? Is Sarkeesian going to be around? I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that program over the next two, three years? I got as much faith in Sark as I do Jimbo. I think they, and you're talking about teams that need to produce Texas and A&M, Texas A&M is two of them because mm -hmm. they have, you're talking about Arkansas and their expectations. 
don't hold a candle to the expectations down in Texas. I mean, that whole state lives. In, you know, you take the fan bases of Texas, Texas A&M, and I mean, it's it's kind of like Arkansas and how mm-hmm. passionate they are about their football. And because high school football in Texas is huge deal, and Texas football huge deal. Oh yeah. And there's, I think there's a lot of pressure on a lot of these schools that you have to produce and you have to win or we're going to go somewhere else and we're going to, you know, join up. It's almost like forming these super teams in the NBA. You know, you're going to have these guys. I want to go play here. I, I'm, I'll i go get less money, but I want to go win a ring. And yeah, we I mean, don't we, state of college was going with the 12 teams too. That's another thing we have to look at. And we saw kind of a little bit of that here on our own with our old uh, Mike Woods mm-hmm. going to Oklahoma. And it's one of those that the grass wasn't greener, but, but the players have friends on these other teams, these teams, you know, they were in need of wide receivers. They had, they thought they had a decent quarterback, whatever, you know, it didn't work out for them. So that's a risk that a lot of them take. So I do like going back to like, we talked about the tr- transfer portal and stuff of them going back to the, after your first transfer, you're going to have to sit a year. So I, I'm glad I, they at least brought that back. Because I, I understand the, the players, everybody deserves a second chance. I, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. You know, get out of jail free card or going to another school. Or, but I think there still needs to be exceptions to that. I, th- I mean, and this is where I'm going to cap it at too. Mm-hmm. Say, say you, you know, because we know the power of college football. I think that if, you know, you've got a medical red shirt, I think if you have a coaching change and I'm saying your, your position coach or your, if you have a coaching change, if you're a receiver and your receiver coach goes, or if you have an, you're an offensive player and your OC goes or a head coach goes, I think you should be allowed to follow them or go somewhere else because you know, you, you have a head coach, but it's almost like your coworkers and your family life. You spend more time with your coworkers than you do your family. And if you're in that system with that position coach, you're forming a bond with that position coach and your, and your guys in your positions. Yes, you still form a big bond with your OC as well and your head coach, but it, it, you're with your position coach and your OC or DC or whatever your position, your coordinator, more than the head coach. Mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of everybody just puts emphasis on the head coach. But I think if you go to a school and you're try- – especially when you have like one year, you know, if, if that guy leaves and, and say you have a chance to go somewhere else to make yourself better and to grow, I think you should be granted then. But, yeah, and, and the most part of it, yeah, one and done should be enough. These guys going three and four times to – I mean, I make the – I make the analogy all the time. You remember the old East Bay magazines and mm-hmm. when they used to sell the college, all the college jerseys, it was all, yep. like, that's an NIL locker room. I mean, cause all these oh, guys yeah. are going to different schools. It's like you just, how much gear does one kid have after their senior year of college or, you know, their oh, junior college. <laughs> it's insane. I'm sure. Even, I mean, you know, the kids are getting rid of their stuff and especially now that they're allowed to sell their stuff, but you know, they're leaving schools and, they were already doing it before, but now they can openly sell their old gear from that school. Exactly. So, but you know, with the, the, like you were saying with the transfers of your coaches leaving, I mean, I think that's a prime example of Trey Knox going to South Carolina. He's back with Justin Stepp. So, you know, I think that was a big deal to him whenever Stepp left to go to South Carolina. 
Well, and then, you know, Dow Loggins is there Dow too. Log- yep. So, so he's now got his two guys in both positions that are now at the school. It was an easy move for him. And I think that's where that should be allowed. Hey, man, I, I, I knew I wasn't, you know, because we knew how things were last year. He just was not producing. You know, something was just holding him back. And I don't know, mental or physical or whatever it may be. I mean, we, it could have been something with Kendall Bryles and just mm-hmm. the turmoil going on there. He could have been, you know, because we can sit here and kind of say now, you know, was there a, a feud in the locker room between Loggins and, and, and Bryles and Bryles and the team or, you know, something was going on internally. We don't know the exact specifics, but if say just per se, you know, it was Bryles and, and Loggins and Knox was a Loggins guy. He's going to go follow him and, and rejoin up with step. And, you know, what they got brewing over there in South Carolina is good, you know, and, and, but I think a lot of these teams in the East, they better wake up and do something this year because they're going to get to know what a real SEC schedule is like when they do away from the mm-hmm. division. Yeah, the, the fun and games for some of them is about to come to a stop. And, you know, that's the thing, I think, with, with the Western schedule. I mean, it, in a sense, gets a bit easier for some teams in the West. Um, I mean, I think Georgia and Alabama actually have a harder schedule than they're going to be used to. So we'll see, especially playing each other next season in the regular season. Yeah, Georgia fans, they kind of pissed me off. They're, they were like, I've never seen a team that goes back-to-back cry so much about their schedule. And I'm like, since 2013, you've played – and this is regular season. Since 2013, you've played Alabama and LSU a combined three times. Mm-hmm. And we do it year in and year out. Exactly. And so, then we get thrown out – or we get thrown Georgia as our East opponent. And then Tennessee and Florida. Yeah. You know, and, and I know Arkansas gets Missouri, which they have to start winning that game every year. But absolutely, I'm tired from the East complain about because I and I'm an ACC guy. I'm, I'm Clemson guy through and through. Mm-hmm. I know that ACC right now outside of Clemson and Florida State, it's top to bottom. It's horrible. But I say the same thing about the East. You take Georgia out of the East and they're the ACC. One hundred percent. And I know that's hard for some of them to hear, but it's the truth. You know, Absolutely. it's because you can compare South Carolina, these teams or Florida, you know, look at Missouri, look at Vandy, look at um, Kentucky. You know, some of these teams are OK, but they look good because they're playing each other in the east. But Georgia, I mean, Georgia's schedules horrible when it comes mm-hmm. to this could be one of the easiest schedules. So, they, again, they have no right to complain about their schedule. But definitely on that Missouri game, we've got just there's just something about you know Missouri beats Arkansas and Drinkwitz coming up on stage with a cigar, acting like it was a Super Bowl victory or whatever it was to him. Uh, it's just yeah, you know, bad taste in my mouth for losing the game. But there's just something that I'm just ready for Arkansas to kind of shut them up a little bit, tone them down. We'll end it on this question: eight wins. And you lose to Missouri, or seven wins and you beat Missouri. I'd almost have to go with seven wins and beat Missouri. I'm the same way, and this is because this, I'm looking at those other games okay. that we would, would lose. Season regular mm-hmm. season, seven, I would take seven wins and you beat Missouri, opposed to eight games and you lose to Missouri. I agree. Because then you get, I mean, because we we got to go back to the the regular season. Let's take out bowl games to get to the eighth win. You know, no, I, I would be fine. With, I would be fine. I'd be happy with eight wins. But beating Missouri, I'm just ready to get it out of the way. 
yeah. on a regular basis. And and until you know they start going to the expanded to the twelve, and and you start making a New Year's Six bowl or or the CFP, you know, twelve team. I, I think you should say, hey, we went seven and four in a bowl win, or eight and eight and four and a bowl win, or nine and three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. A, not with and because yeah, yeah. it's just because it, it's watered down, and you're playing half your team and. You know, like the Penn State one, and and last year, you know, Kansas, yeah. Kansas, you know, you're playing. Your top players aren't playing. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, before we wrap it up, I guess we're talking about talking season and unofficial official starts to the season. But if you're not a fan of the Razorbacks and high school sports, you, you know that this right here, this marks the unofficial official start of the Razorback football season high school. Um, love getting the book every year, every high school, eight-man college. Be sure to pick your your um, magazine up, any any Walmart. I think they have a big reds, Walmart, all over the state. But I've, mm-hmm. been, I've gotten one every single year that they've been produced. And I've got oh, yeah. play. Um, I've got the one, the ultimate high school Razorback. And I think me and you've even talked before about uh, my my deal with uh, the Seal Shabazz and being mm-hmm. able. To oh yeah. But Kaneko Logan was the only one that could even kind of be in that same talking point as him. But you know, when it comes to football players, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there's nobody that comes close. But I guess that's me being in my age because I'm the same way with Jordan and LeBron. Like everybody makes a case for LeBron, and I'm just like, nope. There's, There's just, no case for it. Let's just stop. <laughs> so I'm one of those old heads that you're not going to say anything. But nah. also, if you're looking for something fun to do, Adam, I went. I told you that I went and zip lining a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, Eureka Springs. And man, I'm telling you, I'm scared of heights. And I, yeah, first couple of t- goes was was kind of sketchy. But man, I'm telling you, Will, Joe, Kendra. Um, Naomi, they'll get you set up there at Eureka Springs Zipline. If you're coming out of Huntsville, going into Eureka Springs, you cannot miss it. It's on the left-hand side of the road. As you're coming into Eureka Springs, you can go to EurekaSpringsZipline.com or you can call them at 479-363-38111 to book your trip. Uh, Yeah, took the family up there a couple weeks ago, and it was just, like I said, I was scared of heights. Beforehand, my son was just, I mean, he was – he was shaking his head, and then he seen this five-year-old little girl walk <laughs> get on the zip line and go, and he just kind of looked at me. He's like, I can't I can't not go now. Exactly. <laughs> got showed up a little bit, had to prove himself. Kind of humbled him, yeah. So, but yeah. no, very good time when you're done. They got some refreshments in, in the concession stand, some adult beverages and Cokes and water. So be, be sure to go up there and book your trip. Tell them we sent you, and uh, have a great time zip lining through the Ozarks. But that will do it for this episode of the Hawk Talk Podcast. For Adam Hall, I'm Porter Hayes. And tomorrow night we have a special show with um, Rod Lovin at Serling Soap. He's going to come on and talk about the company. Avid Razorback fan as well. And we're going to chop it up for a little bit and talk some Razorback sports with him tomorrow night. So we'll catch you tomorrow night at 7 with Rod Lovin at Sterling Soap Studios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.